You're listening to the April 29th edition of The Close-Up, the Film Society of Lincoln Center's weekly podcast. This is Brian Brooks, co-producer of the series. And this is Eugene Hernandez, Deputy Director of the Film Society. For part two of this episode of The Close-Up, we'll go to a conversation with the director and screenwriter of the Hungarian thriller White God. The film from last year's Cannes Film Festival was an official selection at last month's New Director's New Film Series and was one of the most buzzed about movies in the festival. White God tells parallel stories of a young girl's coming of age and the treacherous journey of her dog Hagen after he's let go by the girl's strict father. Director Cornel Mangdrukzo and screenwriter Kata Weber joined selection committee member Gavin Smith for a discussion about the film's production, which required the cooperation of no less than 200 dogs. The film features scenes of the canines running freely through the streets of Budapest, but also has graphic depictions of dogfights. The Hungarian director offered fascinating insight into the process of producing these scenes without relying on CGI, and he emphasized that no animals were harmed in the making of this film. In fact, all 200 of the dogs were successfully placed in foster homes after the production completed. So let's go now to the Q&A with director Cornel Mundrukso and screenwriter Kata Weber about White God, which is in theaters now. You're listening to The Close-Up from the Film Society of Lincoln Center. Want to experience the Film Society of Lincoln Center's rich slate of year-round programming in person? Then become a member today. Since the 1960s, the Film Society of Lincoln Center has introduced audiences to countless filmmakers from around the globe. Our extensive programming includes 5,000 screenings each year with new releases, retrospectives, special events, premieres, and annual celebrations like the prestigious New York Film Festival, New Director's New Films, Rendezvous with French Cinema, the New York Jewish Film Festival, and so much more. Supporters in their 20s and 30s can join New Wave, a membership program that provides year-round access to premieres, parties, and exclusive events. For more information about becoming a member of the Film Society, visit www.filmlink.com. The Film Society of Lincoln Center. Film lives here. This is where we have two seats. You have them. Now, it's a, a big cliche in show business in America. They say in movies, never work with children or animals. You managed to uh, kind of work with both, and it seems to worked out okay. <laughs> um, can you tell us basically about um, what kind of a challenge is presented? As, uh, well, not working with the child, but working with with the dogs. Tell us, take us through the process of how you got that on the screen. Uh, uh, at the very beginning, we just create two conceptions because uh, the first is was no using CGI and no pure breed, well-trained dogs, just newcomers, mixed breed from the ponds. That was that was the two conception. And uh, at the beginning, we just had a lots of no. Everybody thought that Corner forget that movie that you never did without CG or just with newcomers. And then uh, I met two genius. One is Teresa Ann Miller, who handled the, the hero dogs, and Arpad Halas, who handled the crowd. And they said, maybe we can do this. And then, then, then they create. And uh, of course, 
for a filmmaker it was really difficult at the beginning. Also to understand the rules, also just to, uh, yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I am quite a control freak director, hopefully not anymore, but it's, that was my lesson. For, for to, to know it. And we give them a lot of freedom and they really playing and it was shooting on a very special method because we use uh, one week shooting and one week training time and, uh, and they write the script, I mean the dogs somehow, so what they can do and uh, what they cannot. So it was really like uh, be together and it teach me a lot about patient, curiosity, and, uh, and all of things. And, and yes, two race can cooperate if two part, both parts is needed. And I noticed that, that Hagen is played by two dogs. Uh, what was the division of labor between the two dogs? Actually, there was not separated for the rude one and the nice one. Uh, <laughs> they do together. So they have different character, of course. Uh, Luke is very sensitive and he is closely to a kangaroo, always jumping and jumping. And, uh, and body is a masculine macho, more. And, uh, but they do the both parts and one of them was a bit tired, we change uh, and, and, and stuff like that. So, I mean, actually to play such big role with two dogs, it's really not much. So Beethoven played by six. <laughs> a question uh, for, for Kata. Um, it's very easy to kind of come away from this movie really remembering the dogs and really, you know, that's the thing that really kind of grabs the attention and that stays with you and that's what everybody was talking about uh, at the first screenings at Cannes. Oh, you've got to see the movie about the dogs. Um, but. The other half of the movie is about a girl growing up in a very dark world and I think if you don't pay attention to that part of the, the script and that part of the movie, you're kind of missing the movie. And so I wondered if you could talk about um, your idea, the, the basic ideas that, that, that link these two storylines. I mean obviously they're together at the beginning and they're together at the end but a lot happens to her not just to, um, to, to Hagen, and so I wonder if you could talk about the, the writing of that. Yeah, yeah, it's a mirroring story somehow between these two characters. And the uh, first time when Cornelia had this idea about making a film uh, about a dog, uh, we wanted to um, make this film about the dog, uh, a dog in Budapest. But then we realized that we need, need somehow um, a counter story, like something that grabs our attention and uh, gives us an angle how to see uh, the loss of this dog. And, um, and mixing the different genres also uh, a tricky thing to do. So somehow we wanted to have a naive character, so naive as a child, um, as a teenager with only one hand a child but the other hand an adult and I think this helps us to really be able to follow the story as free as possible 
almost like a child jumping from one genre to the other. So I think that's why it was a good uh, choice to have this character and also an, an emotional draw which can, you know, uh, pull us through this whole journey with such different challenges and uh, characters also. Uh, Hagen's loss of innocence is kind of mirrored in, in, in uh, Lily's loss of innocence. But the overall result, the overall picture that I get is a very dark picture of Hungary of, uh, or of Budapest. It seemed as though you were trying to sort of say some things about, about your country. Yeah, I think I, I would, sometimes we say it's a tale, but it's more of a parabola. Which a parabola, a parabola, Parable. yeah, which is different. Where you can use uh, more extreme characters because it's a moral story. So you can see it as a reality, but at the same time, as you say, it's more dark uh, because it wants to be a parabola and it wants to be moral. Yeah, but at the same time, I had a huge anger about my society when I'm just standing in a dog pond, and I I felt. That, that shame that I'm talking about. And I was also part of the business and I, I have also responsibility to talk about my society and criticize my society as much as I can. And, uh, and this movie was in one hand very slow because, because of financing and, and shooting. But we, we write the script in one month with, a, with really reflecting that, oh, that's a good theme and let's, let's face it, our society, with that movie. And, uh, and of course, still, it's a very fragile question, this movie in Hungary, so, because we loaded a lot of power politics and, and the country is very extreme nowadays and always, uh, always, I mean, you have always have a nar narrative of, of, a, of, of by the politicians. But it gives a lot of hope at the end when we distribute this movie. The, the, the audience are coming and, and watching and, uh, and they started to discuss. And that was really meaningful for us. So of course it's really, I mean, we're really reflecting. I'm totally agree, Kata, so it's not by a realistic movie. So we use more uh, like a fairy tale, so like, like characters like in a tale. But it's like in our dreams, so... Uh, it's reality on a special way. Um, I'm interested in the, the musical element of the film. You didn't have to make Lily a, a musician, but you chose to do that, and there's this recurring use of, of the list piece of music, Hungarian Rhapsody, which in the end is the answer to, to, to the problem. But it's, it's there throughout, and I'm very interested in those scenes where uh, the, the, the young people in the orchestra just don't seem to care at all about the, about the music. And so I'm wondering what you're trying to get at through, through that, that aspect of the film. Actually, actually uh, when, we, when we work on the script, we, we, we felt that, that Lily has no family behind, so we need a school situation. And then, then, we, then we felt it's better if we have in a music school. So because it's really... Uh, and in one hand, it's really interesting place, but on the other hand, it's really ancient, and you have the you can you can create the the uh, the, the power by the by the conductor and the whole rules, which is very strong inside an orchestra. And the piece it was difficult to find the Hungarian Rhapsody because it's so obvious. 
is really like, I mean, I cannot say it's a second hymn, but every hymn, but everybody knows this piece of music in Hungary. And it's quite, this is the Hungarian music. That's, uh, that's us. And then we started to talk about, and it's, we recognized it, Franz Liszt, he was a German, who wanted to be Hungarian. He coming to Budapest and write this song against the Habsburg. So it's really revolutionary, a lot about freedom, this, this piece of music, which we forget it. So at the beginning, when they are just, uh, just uh, rehearsing this uh, music inside the music school, that's quite empty. It's just, you know, like a program music. And when it's combining with the, with the footage by the dogs, you know, these this, this sequences, then you understand more of the deepness of this music. And, uh, and, that, and also the Tom and Jerry, yeah. Die for Tom and Jerry. And, uh, and Kata's idea was to use the trumpet, so maybe you can tell more about that. Well, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure about the trumpet, though, why, why we choose it. I, I, more I like it's remember. a radical, because she she's yeah, a radical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it's not. She, you, you told that's. I mean, just please don't play violin by a girl. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> girl with trumpet is yeah. It's better. It's better. Yeah. yeah. But I think we also wanted to use the music as a, a metaphor, like you know, um, as the film could be a metaphor if art helps us. Um, solving problems uh, in a bigger sense somehow and I think uh, the musical element helps this um, to evoke these uh, feelings. Let's get some questions from the audience. Yes, anyone? Someone? Yes. Um, yes, just to repeat the question, she's wondering if um, with the, with the, the sort of um, the, the dogs, whether you ever Considered taking, pushing things further, making it even darker than, than it already is. Mm. Not, not at the end, for us, was really interesting to 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 create that peace, to create that silence, and uh, and of course, this is somehow your responsibility how you continue this story. So of course, we all know this is not the end of the story; it's just a moment, and uh, and. Uh, yeah, this movie is partly dark, partly not. It's also played with the genre, but uh, that's how we can close the truth. And uh, and of course, there are there are really violent scenes because we need to close to be with that that world. So without that, you cannot you cannot uh, follow the characters somehow. It's interesting that I. I think maybe 20 people walked out of the movie as we approached the dog fight. Nobody walked out when the dogs were killing people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they have the moral, yeah. <laughs> yes, a question about the, the kind of playing with, with uh, different film genres. I mean, it's kind of a, a thriller, then it's a prison movie, and then it's a horror movie. I mean. Um, were there any specific films you were thinking of, or specific models? Yeah. A lot. A lot, yeah. We really enjoyed this game during the process. We really, we were, we were not afraid of it. Of course, we can tell titles, but... Yes. Yeah, like Hitchcock birds, of course, you can recognize some lines also from different... 
Yeah, I'm, but really, like I'm from the countryside, and uh, from the I, I was I, I was a young adult when this was end of the communism and beginning of the freedom, and uh, and uh, there was a cultural house with lots of classics like Bresson and and Kurosawa and all these big names, and there was the city city theater which I can watch the end of 80s and beginning of 90s post-apocalyptic Hollywood crazy movies, and uh, I think it's both comes together in this movie. Though, like, I mean, I, 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 I showed the Ohazar Balthazar, for example, for the crew, and, but Jurassic Park as well. <laughs> so it's a combination of Ohazar Balthazar and Jurassic Park. That's good. It's a good sounding line. Uh, anyone closer than the first row? No? Okay. So the question was, uh, given the kind of joyousness of the, of the dogs running wild, was that something that when you were writing the script you could anticipate that you would be able to capture that? Uh, no, not really. No, when, when we wrote the script we thought they would play it. And then the first shooting day they just did something completely different so it seemed to be a disaster. And then after a while we kind of adopted the story. I mean, it was like shooting a nature movie somehow, like keep on waiting and waiting, what can they do, what can they not? But before, no, we thought it's like robots, they will do it, like, yeah, and then surprisingly not, but they got even better, so. Yeah, and they give, at the end, they give a lots of energy for the movie and a lots of strength, so it was unexpected also from our side, and also we just recognize it that they, I mean, there is a beautiful sentence in the Godard, last Godard movie, Goodbye to the Language, that the human doesn't love themselves as much than dogs love humans. And it's so true. Um, yeah, the title of the film, White God, um, is that, what, what are you referring to? What, what's that kind of referring to? Actually, uh, I'm, I'm, I, the last, Ten years, it's just very s few uh, strong things happen with me through art. But one was that the, the Kutzi's literature, uh, the South African author, and uh, for example, the book Disgrace, and also there is a dog pond. So that's why I went to a dog pond in checking what's happening in Budapest. And his literature is really, really changed my thinking about humanism and about colonization and about territory, about exile and, and those, those questions. And, uh, and uh, this title is coming from his word. So there are few lines about we are the white God from the perspective of the dog who have responsibility and our question, how can we, how can we use that right what we have by them? And, uh, and that was where, from where I'm titling. And I know it's not an illustrative title, so it's, you really must think of where was that. And, uh, and, uh, and Teresa and Miller, who was, the, who was the lead trainer of the Hero Dogs, uh, her, her father was Carl Miller, and he, is, he did White Dog with Fuller. And Teresa told me, let's watch this movie. It's, 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 it's a good one. And, uh, and we watched that, and uh, now we are very proud. It's just one letter different. It's, 
It's a really good movie in my eyes. Time for a few more questions. They're all in the front row today. Yeah. Could you talk about the, uh, the soundscape of the film yeah. and the sound design? It was a huge work because, one, because you cannot really use the real dog sounds. Of course, we reshoot a lot of sounds, but we are, there's really a lot of them created by humans. We have a very special team up north in Sweden because that was a Swedish co-production. And there was three freaky guy who is, uh, who is working two months on the movie to create dog sounds. And uh, for example, they create the fight. Because of course you cannot shoot just for sound dog fights. Uh, so they created, but also they created all of the steps and they created all of the breathing. And when I went there, they, I just met them. It's, it's kind of a documentary. They show me how they do it and they transform to be a dog. So they are really st sitting and standing and <laughs> using their voices and their faces. It was really amazing. Because of course, I mean, you are right, this movie is really about soundscape as well. Because it's a silent movie. So half of, half of it is just, just no human talking. Of course, there are another talking and another communication, if you believe equality. But, but not like like the sense that we are thinking that this is like really a silent movie and we it's really built it uh, rebuild it the whole soundscape for this movie so i really enjoyed to do it and of course that was really like my most uh, strength to manipulate you <laughs> by the by the sound time for maybe one more question if uh, if there is one uh you again yeah, do you have another movie maybe about cats this time? <laughs> uh, yeah, slowly. I mean, uh, it was really... It's, I mean, of course this is my, not my first movie, so... Uh, but still, it's open, I, I hope, for... and make it place for several new ones in the same logic, because the reality is really changing in Eastern Europe, and uh, I mean, is this, and, and, and that was the main task to, to find the cinematic language. How can I deal with that contemporary questions, and how can I do a form for that? So I think this is a way where I would like to continue uh, for the next stories of mine. So, and we'll see which we finance first. Cornell, Katter, thank you very much. The Close Up from the Film Society of Lincoln Center is produced by Brian Brooks, Nick Kemp, and Michael Oatmark. Our opening music is by Steelism. You can subscribe to The Close Up on iTunes and Stitcher. The Film Society of Lincoln Center is a nonprofit arts organization based in New York City, supported by individuals just like you. Founded in 1969 to celebrate American and international cinema, the Film Society presents year-round programming recognizing established and emerging filmmakers, supporting important new work, and enhancing awareness, accessibility, and understanding of the moving image. To learn more about what we do and support the Film Society by becoming a member, please visit filmlink.com, F-I-L-M-L-I-N-C.com. The Film Society of Lincoln Center, 
film lives here. <laughs>